let's grab our Bibles out this morning. We're going to be in Luke chapter number one. In a few moments, I'll ask you to stand with me as we read the Word of God together. We're entering into a new series over the next few weeks, actually closing out the year with it, as we're looking at the Christmas narrative in the gospel here of Luke. And uh, we've called this the sounds of the season. And the reason why is because we're going to look at the different characters, or at least some of the characters in this Christmas narrative, at their times of praise and exaltation, their times of thanksgiving to God for what they're coming under the realization of. You see, during this first Christmas, they were coming under the realization not of some great gift that they were having under a tree or some wonderful decorations that they were going to have on a house, but they were coming under the realization that God was fulfilling a promise that he'd given his people since the time of Abraham, actually since the time of the Garden of Eden, when he promised that there would be a Savior who would come who would take away the sins of the world. And uh, I know in our modern Christian Christmases, uh, it's easy to get distracted. This is a very distracting season. Uh, Black Friday and coupons and lines and lights and glimmer and shimmer and glitter and all of these things seem to captivate our imagination and our mind and our heart if we're not careful. And, uh, and I'm glad that Christmas gives us the opportunity to just get real again about our faith, to get real about the simplicity of the fact that there's a God who loved us enough to fulfill his promise for all of eternity before the foundation of the earth to provide for our salvation and give us the opportunity to have relationship with him. And how many of you are glad, by the way, that through God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have relationship with God the Father this morning? What a wonderful blessing that is. So we're going to be in Luke chapter number one. We're going to be reading here in just a moment from verse number 26. Before we get into the text this morning, how many of you think the auditorium and the foyer areas just look magnificent? Boy, they're beautiful. Let's thank those that put the time and the effort into decorating and making things look the way they do. That takes a lot of time and energy to do, and we're thankful for it. Well, if you found your place there in Luke 1, verse 26, if you're physically able to stand, let's stand together out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. This morning we're going to look at Gabriel's song as the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and makes the annunciation of the coming birth of the Lord Jesus Christ through Mary. Notice with me, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would be. By the way, how many of you would be troubled if an angel showed up in your room at night, right? I like kind of putting myself in the narrative a little bit of scripture because these were real people at this time that God worked with, just like he works with real people during this time. And we have startled, startled times and fearful times and difficult times, just like they did back then. And Mary was recoiling a little bit here. She was troubled at this saying from this angel at a salutation. Verse 30, and the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? 
And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible." Let's pray and ask God to help us with this passage this morning. Lord, we're so thankful to be in this place, in your house, with your word. I believe you want to speak to our lives this morning. I pray that we would give you full reign of our hearts and our minds. God, help us to pull away from some of the distraction and some of the fun that we've had this week. And we're thankful for it. We're thankful for the time we've had with our families. We're thankful for the many wonderful food items we've been able to consume. We're thankful that you're such a great God, that you're so faithful to each and every one of us personally and all of us corporately. But Lord, I believe you have something important for us right now. And I pray that we would be able to clear out those things to make room for your word, to make room for your spirit to do the work that you would desire to do in our lives. So Lord, help us this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I know for some pastors, it gets a little bit wearisome to, to preach through certain seasons. But we come to certain seasons like Christmas and Easter, and the narrative is, is the same. You know, you all know the Christmas story. You know, you know Mary, and you know Joseph, and you know the angel Gabriel, and you know all of these different characters, and, and we've heard it time and time again. And I think there's a pressure that, that maybe comes on pastors to try to come up with something fresh or something that maybe you haven't heard before or something that will, you know, capture our attention. And, you know, I, I'm actually thankful for the opposite. I'm thankful for the simplicity. By the way, how many of you are glad for the simple truth of salvation, by the way? How many of you are glad it is a simple truth that we can comprehend, that does stay the same yesterday, today, and forever? You don't have to freshen it up. If you know Jesus Christ, you want to hear the old story again. You want to hear how a God loved us enough to plan before the foundation of the world to send his son to earth to suffer the pains and the aches and the shame of sin on himself so that we could be free from that weight, from that guilt, and we can know eternal life through him. I'm glad for the old story, and I'm glad for the opportunity we have over the next several weeks to just get into this simple story of how Jesus came and how it affected these people during this first Christmas. So as we dig into the song of Gabriel this morning, as he's speaking this declaration to Mary, I believe there's some wonderful things that we can learn. First of all, I want us to see this morning that Gabriel's song is a song of grace. It is a song of grace. Notice with me, if you would, these first verses that we read in our text, beginning again with verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. I want you to pay attention to that. Highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, what did Gabriel mean when he came into Mary and he said, Blessed are you. You are highly favored. Well, there are religions that misinterpret this. They, they make something of it that it's not. In fact, uh, Roman Catholicism particularly in their traditions 
really elevate Mary at the same status and level of deity. In fact, they feel that because she was chosen by God to bring the Savior of the world into fleshly existence, that she should be numbered among even the Godhead, that she should have some of the same access that the Godhead has, that she has some of the same privileges that the Godhead has. And they believe that this declaration that she is highly favored and blessed among women solidifies this position of Mary. But I want you to know something. Mary was not like you see many times in the, in the little statuettes and the little silver and gold-lined paintings with the halo around her head and fine robes that she's wearing. She was a teenage girl in a very small town that nobody had ever heard of before, really. And God came to Mary and said, you are highly favored. Can I simply tell you what this means this morning? It means that God extended his grace to Mary just like he extends his grace to you and I today through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, how many of you are glad he extends that grace to you and me? I want to solidify this in your mind Theologically speaking, that Mary is not a co-redemptress with God. Mary has nothing to do with the deity of God. Mary was a human being born flesh and blood in sin. And by the way, Mary had to get saved the same way that we need to get saved today. She needed to believe in the Messiah. She needed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was sent by God, that he was God, and that he would pay the price for her sins, and that he rose again, and that he is God. Mary had to get saved the same way you and I do today. Mary is not one who can pardon our sins They believe that you can go through Mary in prayer and that you can have access to God. My Bible still says this, that there is no one between us and God save Jesus Christ alone. And that through Jesus Christ in his shed blood and the righteousness that he clothes us with, we are able to go boldly before the throne of grace of God himself in our time of need. How many of you are glad today if you know Jesus, you can go right directly to God the Father right now for the help he wants to give you. You don't have to go through Pastor Leversey. You don't have to go through some statue of some saint. You don't have to go through some figurine or prayer or beads to Mary. Jesus paid it all. He's risen from the dead and we can talk directly to God because of Jesus Christ this morning. We need to understand where our salvation comes from. And it does not come through men's religion. It does not come through traditionalism. It comes because God had a plan through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the one who saves. Can I tell you something? God didn't need Mary. Just like God doesn't need you and me. But how many of you are glad he chose to save us and he chooses to work through us? And Mary is the same as you and me, flesh and blood, a human being. This term, highly favored, does not grant her some special status. It simply means that the grace of God has come to Mary. That's what grace means. It means favor. It means that we are given that which we do not deserve. By the way, how many of you know we didn't deserve Jesus coming from heaven to earth? We don't deserve the salvation that we have today. We can't work for it. We can't be holy enough to get it. It is simply because of the grace of God that he's extended it to us. And what a blessing that is. 
You see, this song of Gabriel is a song of grace. Mary, you have the grace of God. Notice as the verse continues here, verse 28, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. I'm not diminishing Mary's calling. How many of you understand it was a high calling of God to be chosen to bring the Savior of the world into human flesh? It was a high calling. But it does not mean that we today cannot experience the same high calling by bearing the Savior in our own life and in our own heart. How many of you understand if you get saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God moves into you as well. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. You are not your own. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God. In other words, when you get saved, you become the very temple of God. He lives in you. He works through you. And our calling is just as high as Mary's calling was back then. Today, our calling is to make him known through our life as we bear witness of him in our life. We have a great calling from God today if we know Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. You see, Gabriel's song was a song of grace. How many of you are glad for the grace of God this morning? If you know him as your Savior, you've experienced his grace. We also see in our passage of Scripture that Mary's song is a song of hope. Notice Mary's response to this in verse number 29. It's much like your and my response would be. And when she saw him, the angel Gabriel, she was troubled. As I said at the beginning of our scripture reading, how many of you have been troubled too? What are you doing in my house? How come my security system didn't pick you up? What are you doing here talking to me about these things? I'm, I'm kind of blown away here. And Mary was troubled in her heart. You know, there are many things that God does that we don't understand that trouble us. There are many circumstances and difficulties that come into our life that trouble us. And in that trouble, we don't need fake hope. We don't need men's words. We don't need things that might satisfy for a moment and then pass away. We need true hope. And I'm glad that that's what the angel Gabriel gives Mary as she is in this position of being troubled. Notice with me verse 29 again. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And she cast in her mind... What manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, fear not. How many of you are glad in our time of trouble, in our time of distress, that's one of the first things that, that Jesus brings to our mind and brings to our heart through his word is he says, fear not. I, I want you to reflect on the times he came to his own disciples. Maybe they were in a stormy boat or they were in a difficult situation. And he would come to his own disciples during his earthly ministry and he'd say, Fear not, I am with you. Fear not, fear not. Do not be afraid. In our time of trouble, we have real hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you understand this world can't offer us much hope today? The world tries to point us in all different directions for hope. Hey, our world's a mess today. 
And they're pointing us in the direction of science. And they're pointing us in the direction of government. And they're pointing us in the direction of do this this way or do this that way. And I understand, and I understand there might be some well-intentioned things that people want to help out with. But by and large, we must have our hope anchored in the truth of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Listen, we can't afford to spend our time on false hope or temporary hope. We need real hope. And this song of Gabriel brought wonderful hope from the truth of who God was. Notice with me as Gabriel addresses this troubled Mary. Notice with me verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Hey, always fall back on the grace of God. Always fall back on the grace of God. Always realize that his grace is sufficient for you in every single situation. The apostle Paul had a great encumbrance of the flesh, a thorn of Satan that buffeted him greatly. And he went to the Lord three times concerning this great difficulty in his life. And God said, I'm not going to take that difficulty away, but my grace is sufficient for you. Always fall back on his grace. Again, the angel Gabriel reminds Mary that you're favored. You have the grace of God. This is not going to be easy. This is not going to be a bed of roses. And by the way, how many of you understand that God never promised us that following him would be easy? Never one time in scripture did he say that following him would be a bed of roses. But what he did say is he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He did say that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He did say that his grace would be sufficient for us. So we see this hope that Gabriel is giving to Mary as she's troubled in her heart. You found favor with God. Sometimes you don't feel like you found favor. Sometimes you feel like God's mad at you. Sometimes you feel like, why am I going through this and that person isn't going through this? Why have I experienced this loss and this person hasn't experienced this loss? Why do I have this health issue and and that person doesn't have this health issue? Why is God mad at me? Why is God upset with me? And we fail to remember that we live in a lost, sinful, broken, and dark world. How many of you know this world is passing away? And one day this world will completely pass away. But how many of you are glad for the wonderful hope that we have in the truth of God's word that God will make all things new again? And it starts with us in our heart as we believe him as our personal Lord and Savior. He makes us new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that newness begins to generate his life in our life. And as we live our life in his grace, we find that the losses that we experience in this temporary world only echo into the eternity that we have with our Savior and our loved ones and those that we will see again. How many of you know we have real hope in the Lord? And Gabriel says, hey, you have the grace of God. You are favored. Notice what else Gabriel shares with Mary to give her hope. Verse 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He gives her the hope of Jesus. How many of you know Jesus is where our real hope is found? 
In fact, we find the definition of the name Jesus in other of the Gospels, meaning he that will save his people from their sins. When the angel Gabriel said Jesus, Mary, based upon what she had learned, based upon what she'd been taught even as a child regarding her Jewish heritage, looking for a coming Messiah, would connect with this and understand, oh, this angel is talking about the hope our whole nation is looking for, that we will be saved from our sin, that there will be a sacrifice who will redeem the people of Israel. And can I tell you, we have that same hope today. If you're, if you're lost this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to know that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. Salvation is still found in the name of Jesus. And Jesus can still wash your sins away and you can be made whole and be made new in him Today, how many of you are glad this morning for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? He gave her the hope of Jesus. It's the hope that we need today. Notice as Gabriel continues his proclamation here. Notice with me. Verse 32, he shall be great. (laughs) By the way, how many of you know there is none greater than Jesus? There is none greater than Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. What great truth this is. This isn't just some teacher. This isn't just some prophet. This isn't even just some prophet like they had in the Old Testament. This is the one. This is the highest. This is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is Jesus, Messiah, the one who would take our sins away. Notice, he will call the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Mary's connecting with this. Mary knows about David. Mary knows what would come from the line of David. Mary knows the importance of that throne. Mary knows the importance of that kingdom. Mary could connect based upon what she was taught, even from a young age, on what that would mean concerning who to identify as the Messiah. She's been given this truth. And and let me just tell you something. In this world that's full of lies, in this world that's full of deceit, in this world that's full of vain philosophies, let me tell you, we need to anchor ourselves to the truth of the declaration of Scripture, the prophecies that were fulfilled from the Old Testament in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to anchor our hearts in the truth of the Word of God. By the way, how many of you are glad we have His truth today? We find here that Gabriel's song is a song of hope. Mary has the grace of God. Mary is being introduced to Jesus. Mary is coming to the understanding that this is not just some prophet. This is not just some baby. This is not just some man. This is the Messiah. Verse 33, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be No end. By the way, how many of you are glad our great king is coming again? And he will come from heaven to earth and he will dispossess those who currently sit in the thrones of authority today and he will set himself up as king and he will never relinquish his power. How many of you are glad he will reign forever and ever? He will reign forever and ever. There's hope in that. How many of you are tired of the people that are reigning right now, right? I mean, all over the world don't have a clue, don't have a hope, don't have a truth, don't have anything to grab onto. But one day, 
we will see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords occupy that space of authority, and he will never, ever, ever relinquish his kingdom. What a great song of hope. Notice with me as we continue, verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. As we look at Gabriel's song, we see a song of grace, we see a song of hope. Lastly, we, sing a, we see a song of help, a song of help. I'm glad that while this is very supernatural and spiritual, God also connects that with how we practice it practically in our lives. And he does that with Mary here as well. He's going to give her help in this. Notice Mary has a question here. Verse number 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Great question. You say that I am going to conceive and I'm going to give birth to the Messiah. Great, but we've not consummated our marriage yet. In fact, we've learned in previous verses that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. As we know from ancient Jewish practice that this betrothal process usually lasted upwards of a year or more. And then it would be consummated after the Jewish wedding where the husband and wife would come together to solidify their relationship as husband and wife. And Mary asked a very practical, how many of you are glad not everything is way above our heads in the spiritual world, but we get down to the practical level. Here's Mary. Oh, man, this is great. Oh, man, this is great. Um, (coughs) How's this going to happen? Right. How do we make sense of this? How, how, how How do we get from where I am right now to where you're saying this is going to go, angel, because I don't know if you know where I'm at in my life right now. Uh, I don't know a man. And I love that this angel is going to help her with this truth. Notice with me, if you would, as we continue reading in verse 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. What a great explanation. Mary, this isn't going to happen through conventional means. This is going to be a supernatural process. And I I want you to think in Mary's mind as she was taught about the creation account from the beginning of Scripture, Genesis chapter number 1. And I want you to think about that Spirit of God hovering over the darkness of the waters at the time. And I want you to connect that with Mary's understanding now of what this angel is saying to her. Hey, the very one who hovered over the earth and ignited the catalyst of life and creation, he is going to overshadow you and he is going to hover over you and he is going to be the source of that which will be formed in your womb. Mary, this is going to be of God because this is God coming from heaven to earth to pay the price for your sins. What a great explanation that is. He helps Mary here. How many of you sometimes, you read something in Scripture you need help with? God comes to you through His Spirit and His Word and and lets you know something that you need to do, that you need help with, that you need to connect to practically. And here this angel explains to Mary how this is going to take place. God will help you. Are you struggling right now? He'll help you. 
God understands the practical issues in your life. He understands your time and your energy are limited. He understands that your knowledge and your resources are limited. He understands that your experience and wisdom is limited. And yet, how many of you are glad God is not limited by all the things we're limited by? And so God can take what he wants to do and he can use incapable people to accomplish it. God has done that throughout human history. Think about it. The people God uses are not capable of doing what God calls them to do, but they're willing and so they're empowered. And so God gets right inside of them and works right through them. And you have to stand back and say, this could only be done in the power of God could only be done in the power of God. You see, Gabriel's song is also a song of help. Mary, you're not alone in this. You don't have to figure this out. God already has a plan. And by the way, how many of you are glad God already has a plan for you? God already has a plan for your ministry. God already has a plan for your relationship. God already has a plan for your hurt. God already has a plan for your loneliness. You are not ever alone if you know Jesus. He's got a plan for it. He's working all in and around it. Give it over to him. Trust him by faith. Understand he is able. I'm glad that he continues in verse 37 and says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. How many of you know there's still nothing impossible for God? He's still doing the impossible today. It's a song of help. The angel helps Mary by explaining to her how this is gonna take place, but he also helps Mary by giving her human partnership in this process. Notice this in verse 36. I love this. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also has something pretty special going on with her. Notice she's in her old age and she's in the sixth month with child and she's previously been barren. How many of you know that's an impossibility? We understand from previous verses in this very same chapter of Scripture that Zacharias and Elizabeth, Zacharias was a priest. He was in burning incense before God as an offering, and an angel appeared to him and said, Zacharias, your wife Elizabeth is pregnant with child. And he said, nope. By the way, at 75 or 80, how many of you would say nope too? (laughs) Nope. And because of his lack of faith, the angel smote him with dumbness. He could not speak. In fact, it won't be later on in this narrative until Zacharias finally speaks when John is born and he names that child John. But Mary was barren, or Elizabeth was barren. And Elizabeth was a senior saint. And there were no children on the calendar for her. And this is a help to Mary because while Mary is going through something very, very unique, the angel of the Lord Gabriel says, you're going to go to your cousin Elizabeth who also in her old age has been given a child of the Lord and you will be able to come together and encourage one another. How many of you are glad God always has somebody who can encourage us and help us? That's why you need to be connected to the people of God. That's why you need to be connected to the people of God more than dispersed by the fear of the world. God's people need to come together. We need to encourage one another. There's stuff you're going through. There's losses you're experiencing. There's difficulty and struggles you are being 
tackled by right now and you need somebody else that God has for you right here in this place that's going through those same things that you can connect with and that you can talk to and that you can help and that you can encourage. There's help there. God has help for us. He had help for Mary. I mean, think about this. You're a teenage girl. You're in some know-nothing of a town. An angel comes to you. You don't even know your husband yet and says, yep, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. How many think you might want to have somebody to talk to about that? You know, it's interesting. In the next few verses, she goes and visits Elizabeth. And when she approaches Elizabeth, the baby John in Elizabeth's womb leaps as a confirmation of what's going on. Can I, can I just say this? Not really even as a side note. I think it's very important in this narrative. How many of you are glad that God values life in the womb? We're talking about conception here of our Savior, the conception of John the Baptist, who, by the way, will be a great help and forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He'll be the one that will point at Jesus Christ and say, there he is, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And they're being talked about and spoken about and planned over and dedicated right here at conception, right here in the womb. You want a proof text from scripture that abortion is murder? It's right here. How many think it had been tragic for abortion to take place with John the Baptist or our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't tell me that life isn't important in the womb. And we find that God had help for Mary and Elizabeth. God has help for you today. God has someone that's going through what you're going through. God has someone who's been through what you're going through. God has someone that will partner with you. Don't think you have to grab the reins and do life alone. It is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be alone. We don't understand, Pastor. I... I don't have a husband or a wife anymore. This, my child went to be with the Lord. I understand, but you do have the people of God. You've got an Elizabeth somewhere. You've got a Mary somewhere. You've got a John the Baptist somewhere. You've got someone who's going to partner with you in what you're going through to help you with what you need help with. God is not going to leave you on your own. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you, and he's for you, and he's with you. And one of the main ways that he shows that he's with us is by putting his people around us. By putting his people around us. As we look at the songs of the season, we see the song of Gabriel. It's a song of grace. Praise God for the grace of God. It's a song of hope. Praise God for the truth of God that we can cling to that's unchanging, that tells us all that we need to know about the Savior and salvation. It's a song of help. God tells us what he's doing. He tells us how he's doing it. It requires faith. It does. But he also provides that human element, that ministry, that human help along the way that gives us that encouragement and strength that we need. God is such a good God. I hope this Christmas as we consider all the distractions and have fun, have a blast, but don't forget, don't forget about what we really are worshiping and this wonderful gift that God has given to us.